Let's just stay in the attitude of worship as we go over what God has for us this morning. Um, first, I want to introduce myself. Some of you guys know me, some of you don't. My name is Ladina. I am one of the assistant pastors here at Fellowship Church. I'm over the operations here, so I do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, take care of all that stuff. So the joke is, is that I run the church, but um, it's a little true, so clearly I'm the best assistant <clears throat> pastor. Um, you can tell Paula. Um, but I just want to welcome you all here that are in-house today. Welcome you online joining us today. Um, I have a couple announcements, actually, to do before I get started. We just love our announcements here. But the first thing is, is that we're going to have a church cleanup day here on May 22nd. It's going to be from 10 to 4. And we're just going to get our building spruced up, take care of some projects that we've been waiting to take care of till the nicer weather. Um, so please join us. There'll be lunch provided. Um, it's going to be an awesome time of just getting to know more people, but also taking care of and stewarding what God has um, has given us this building. Um, we just ask that you don't bring little children, uh, sixth grade and older, because it's hard to do painting and stuff when you have little handprints, which we've experienced along the paint. So that's the only thing we ask about that. Um, the, the last thing I wanted to announce is um, Paula mentioned how we are raising money for our Mother's Day event. The joke is that she asks me what the budget is, and I always tell her it's $200 no matter what it is. So um, she forgot to let you guys know how to give to that. And so if you wanted to give to that, just type in outreach after the amount. So that's outreach, and that will go directly to those funds. Um, last week, Pastor Anthony talked about having a series called Freestyle because we had this spring fever thing he was going to talk about, but really felt like God was saying, take a pause from that. It's not time for that right now, so let's just do this series called Freestyle, basically what God has laid on our hearts to speak about. And last week was amazing. Um, Pastor Anthony shared with us how we are could do greater things and how God has created us to do greater things, but sometimes pain gets in the way. It was specific about pain in our body, in our lives, things we're going through. People were delivered. People were healed last week. It was a really an amazing time of worship and hanging out together and just crying out to God for healing and for perseverance. And he talked about sequels last week, but I'm going to give you guys the prequel, which usually isn't as good, but it's going to be great today, let you know. Um, but I want to talk about this, uh, what God put on my heart with you guys today. And this is really um, close to home. This is something that I have been going through because of Pastor Anthony actually asked me to speak, but um, I don't blame him, only a little bit. Um, but I'm going to talk about something that's really personal to me, and so I'm going to be really real with you guys today. I'm going to be really raw with you probably today because I'm still working through it. I'm still walking through this process that God has called, has called me to do and has been walking me through this because of this message that he has put on my heart. And so... Um, Monday before Easter, so it was the week of Easter, but it was Monday, um, Pastor Anthony said, hey, Ladina, I'm going to Oklahoma. That's where he is, by the way, if you don't know. Pastor Anthony's in Oklahoma ministering to our FC Oklahoma campus. Um, but he said, hey, Ladina, will you speak on the 18th? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Prior to this, I've had some really bad like family stuff going on, and so I've had to make trips to my family where my family lives. They live about three and a half hours away, so we're dealing with some family stuff down there. And so I'm like, yeah, I can do a, I can do a message for you. Uh, what's the topic? And he was like, well, we're doing spring fever, or you can do pre-sermon on the mount. Or then he gets like this smile on his face. He's like, why don't you just pray about it and ask God what he wants you to speak about? And I'm like, can you just give me a topic? Because I can speak on a topic. I can be like, oh, you know what? I can, I can speak on love. I can speak on kindness, joy. I can do that. 
You want me to pray about it? I don't want to pray about it. Obviously, red flag right there, okay? Obviously, if I don't want to pray to spend time with God about what I'm supposed to speak about, there's something going on. And he just looks at me and he's like, yeah, why don't you just pray about it? Thanks. Okay, thanks, Pastor. Um, I'll do that. And so that should have been a warning, but I'm a little bit slow, and so I take a little bit more time to, like, get it into my brain and my heart. So the next day is Tuesday, and so I get a phone call that my grandma had passed away. And so, so Monday asked me to speak. Tuesday I get a phone call that my grandma had passed away. And so I'm like, awesome, great. And I, the prior week, because of stuff I was going through, was kind of like a raging cycle. That's how I identify my behavior sometimes. Just crazy, all over the place, emotional, up and down, crying, yelling, all those things. Um, but... When I get hard news, I respond in probably, I respond in two different ways. And if you've ever spent time around me, you know, I cry for about five minutes and then I shut down and become, I stuff everything inside, which is super healthy. And then I become real sarcastic, like over the top sarcastic, where people are like, oh my gosh, did you just say that? Because I don't want to deal with stuff. Like, I don't think any of us really want to deal with stuff, but. I come sarcastic to the point where it, like, makes other people uncomfortable, which is what I like to do because I'm already feeling really bad inside, so I kind of want to see people squirm a little. That's just real. That's what I do. I'm sorry. My friends know me. They love me. It's okay. Um, so that Friday, so Monday has me speak. Tuesday, my grandma passed away. So Friday, we have to drive down to my family's three and a half hours, spend like two hours at a like a memorial type service, then drive back Friday night because that weekend is Easter and so all hands on deck. So I'm just like all week long, just going, sarcasm, sarcasm, bitterness, anger, all those things you deal with with grief that you don't really want to deal with. So, so just imagine it was real pleasant around my house and at the office with me. My coworkers love me. Um, but Thursday night, I was just like, oh, I can't do this. I can't speak. I am not qualified. I am been crazy for the last two weeks. God's not even going to use me. I'm psycho. So I messaged Anthony. It was pretty late. And I was like, hey, Pastor Anthony, basically I'm feeling sorry for myself at this point. But I'm like, hey, I don't think that I should speak this week coming up because I'm crazy. I'm psycho. I'm yelling. And he's like, well, what's going on? He wants to go on this whole detail. It's like 930. I'm like, I'm tired. I just want to tell you I'm not speaking on the 18th. You can find somebody else. I just don't want to do it. And so I'm like, I'm just not qualified. And I want to give a little shout out to our pastor because he's great. He's an amazing person. He loves God, loves his people. He also cares about us so much. He cares about us so much that he will speak truth when you don't want to hear it. He will push you when you think you can't go any heart further. But he also just like in love. He does it all in love. He's a very loving, caring person. So he messaged me this. And I'm going to read what he said because when he messaged it to me, it was really late, and so I kind of glanced at it and just shut my phone off and was like, great, you know. But um, Friday, the next day, God really dealt with me, and that's kind of where we're going to head. So um, he said, it's not you speaking into people's lives, Ladina, directly. It's God's word and his spirit. You're called. You're equipped. You're empowered. You're trusted. You're real. You're talented. And then he said, all you have to do is make sure that you don't have any unrepented sin. Get that out of the way, that your heart is open that it's soft, that it's receptive, then you'll be qualified. And so as I read that, again, I just kind of closed my phone. I was like, great, he's not going to let me out of it, no matter what I try. So Friday, we were waiting for my husband, Ryan, who was leading worship, um, to get done with his work. My kids and I were sat in the car for four hours. It was great. Um, but God was really dealing with me on this. He's like, 
you need to ask for forgiveness for your children, from your children, because you've been in this raging cycle, Ladina. So I apologize to my kids, and I got all the, apologize to my husband, I apologize to people that I may have offended or hurt. Um, And then I was like, but why am I still feeling so heavy? What is going on? I'm like really trying to figure this out on Friday. And so we get in the car, we head down, and God was like, your heart is hard. Your heart is like a stone, Ladina. It is so hard. It is so closed off. And then I was like, crap, you know, why is it like that? Why is my heart so hard? Why is it so, so, why am I holding on like this? Like, my heart was so hard. Why am I holding on so hard? And God was like, it's because you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to trust and you don't want to open up yourself. And I was like, good. This is going to be a fun trip. Um, But I was like trying to figure out why is it like this? Why am I not wanting to be vulnerable? So then God's like putting all these things in my mind, reminding me of things where I need to let go and how I need to open things up. Um, But I personally, for the last probably month, month and a half in reality, was letting all the chaos keep me in a state of hardness and bitterness and unforgiveness. And it was keeping me hard hearted toward God. And I didn't want to be open and vulnerable because if you're open to someone, you're going to get hurt. Not that God hurts us, but in my brain and my human thinking, I'm like, if I'm open to God, I don't want him to tell me to do something or I don't want him to be, have to trust him because that's scary. Trust is scary. I don't trust easy. Trusting God is scary to me also. And so I did it. I was holding back those things trying to control things that I have no business controlling. or I don't even control them, but I think in our human mind, we're like, if I do this, then I'm in control. If I do this, then I'm in control. But we really aren't in control. God wants to get rid of that controllingness, which you're kind of like, I'll hang on to that, thank you. But he was telling me, it's, you need to let go of it. And then all of a sudden, all these verses kept coming to my mind. All these scriptures kept coming to my mind. And so we are going to read Matthew 14, uh, verse 22, and it to 33. And it says, and this is the passage where Jesus had just had a huge crowd and he was tired. So he sent his disciples across in the boat. This is like the famous Peter walking on water thing. Um, But we're going to read through it because God showed me some things that I never realized before. Literally this morning I was reading over my message. God showed me some things. So I'm really excited. Um, Hopefully that you'll see that God is amazing. So, Okay, verse 22, it says, Immediately he made the disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowds, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was long, a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for a great wind was against them. And in in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter said to them, Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and, when came, and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took a hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And several things 
screamed at me when I read this. The first thing is that I have missed this the whole, every time I've read this or heard this message, I have missed this the whole time. Jesus made the first move. They were scared and they were thought he was a ghost and Jesus made the first move. It says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. He immediately quenched their fear. He immediately took a hold of them. He immediately stopped them. He's like, hey, it's me. Don't be worried. It's me. But then Peter, like us, was like, if it's really you, let me walk on that water. And so he walks on the water, and then he starts to sink. And then Jesus, again, immediately reaches his hand out. Immediately. He doesn't let him sit there and suffer. He doesn't let him sit there and drown. He doesn't let him do those things. Now, he may have done that, but Jesus didn't let him do that. Jesus immediately put his hand out. Now, if Peter grabbed it immediately, that's another story. But Jesus immediately had his hand out. And so when I read that this morning, Jesus told me, like, reminded me of that. Like, my hand is out, Ladina. If you're suffering underwater because of your hard heart and your chaos, reach up and grab my hand, stupid. Grab my hand. It's right here. It's out. Grab it. But no, I want to suffer and get water in my lungs. Um, But... Peter got off course because he was looking at the chaos around him. He was looking at the wind. He was looking at the waves. He wasn't focusing on Jesus. And just like me over the past few months, I have not been focusing on Jesus. And little by little, each thing in my life that's been chaotic or things that have gone not gone the way I planned or something that's been upsetting has been chipping away at me, keeping me hard. Just little by little. And sometimes when it's like that, we don't realize that. Like, I, we'll come to church, we'll do the things we're supposed to do, we'll serve, we'll do, we'll this, this, and this. We're so busy that we don't realize that we're not doing it with the right attitude because our hearts are hard little rocks. I didn't even realize that I was really sinking. I knew that I was being crazy psycho. I'm like, oh, I'm just grieving, it's fine. It's my sarcasm. Um, but it's not fine. You know, it's not fine. The Bible says we can be angry, but we're not supposed to sin. So it's not fine to yell or freak out or treat people badly because we're feeling bad. But I didn't realize that little by little, my heart was just getting more and more hard. Like, God, why haven't you stopped all the chaos in the world? Why haven't you stopped this virus? Why aren't my kids back in school? Why, why is, what's going on? Why is this? Why is it? So little by little, I'm just getting chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And little by little, my heart is getting harder and harder and harder. So I'm sinking and sinking and sinking. And Jesus is standing there with his hand out. And I'm just like, no, thanks. I'll just suffer. It's fine. Why aren't you helping me, Jesus? And he's like, look up. I think Jesus calls me names sometimes, out of love. But, I mean, I I do. Um, But the next thing that God kind of showed me through this passage was that Peter also had to get out of the boat. And so sometimes our hard-heartedness, that's really hard to say, is getting out of the boat. We'd rather just sit and deal with the storm inside the boat and just, we'll just sink, it's fine. But we don't have faith to get out. And God has put a lot of dreams and a lot of vision and a lot of things in my heart to do. But I'm too scared to do them because I'm not qualified or I've done so much stuff or I'll never be good enough or I'll not be able to do this. Um, But just like last week, Pastor told us to not let stuff get in the way of what God has for us, which is something greater. And so 
while I was listening to Pastor Anthony's message last week, I was like, oh my gosh, that was so good. And even the part where he said, like, that's so good for them, but not for, I was like, that was me. I was sitting there like, yes, that's going to be so good for this person and this person and this person, but not me. And that was like selfish of me and prideful of me because I thought that my stuff is too big for God to take care of. Like, I'll just stay here and suffer in the boat and in the water, and so I'll drown, but God's like, I'm right here. I want you to do greater things. I want you to be greater than this. I have these plans for you. Just do what I've called you to do. And so this has been really fun a couple weeks, so dealing with all this stuff. But I believe that God has called all of us to something greater and something bigger but we are just holding ourselves back, just like what Pastor Anthony talked about last week. And immediately, um, this, this scripture came to me as we were driving in the car, and then the, another passage that came to me, or story that came to me, was from the Old Testament. And I'm going to pause here and just put a plug in. Is This is the last week to sign up for our growth classes that are happening Tuesday night from 6 to 8.30 or 9, you guys should sign up for those. It's amazing. Um, we're doing an Old Testament class and a finding uh, foundational faith class, and we, you should be there. It's, it's amazing. Um, I didn't like the Old Testament, couldn't stand it, took a Bible class on it, and I'm, like, in love with the Old Testament. And that's our foundation. The Old Testament foreshadows, one, we were talk- I was talking with Paula, is everything Jesus preached on, and two, it's the foundation of where we're at now. Like, these are the stories, these are the, the stories of people's lives that build us up and show us what we need to be doing or what we should not do. These are, it's important things to know. And so we're going to read um, Joshua 3. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But um, going through this passage of Scripture in Joshua, this is where the Israelites have been wandering for 40 years in the desert because there was unbelief, and so they've been wandering literally for 40 years waiting for people to die, which is probably really fun. Can you imagine being like having this list of like all these people that had to die before you could enter into what God had for you? Oh, she's dead. One step closer. I felt like those weeks and months that I was going through my wilderness, um, I feel like I understand what that would have been like. Because I felt like I was in the desert for 40 years. But I was the one that was dead, so it's fine. Um, but God is doing something here. He's changing my heart. It's okay. It's, okay. it's a little softer today. Um, but I just can imagine what it, the atmosphere of that people must have been. Of Just like finally the last person had died. So they were able to finally go to what God had promised them 40 years later. We can hardly wait five minutes in line of a fast food restaurant. Could you imagine 40 years waiting for God's promise? Like, just waiting for this promise, I just, it's hard for me to think about, like, how crazy this time must have been. We're going to jump to verse 5, and it says, Then Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. I'm going to pause here for a second because as I was reading this, I was thinking about he told them to consecrate themselves and kind of like what, what was he saying there? What was he telling them to do? He was telling to dedicate themselves. Consecrate means to make holy or to de- dedicate to a higher purpose. Remember that something is consecrated, is dedicated to God, thus sacred. He was saying, get yourselves cleaned up. 
Basically what Pastor Anthony voxed me, he was like, get it together, Ladina. Get yourself in order. Get your stuff together because God has something really awesome for you. Because this passage here says, um, he says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. He's saying, get ready. God's going to do something big. Get ready. God is going to do something big. And then verses 11 through 13, it talks, he's telling them what's going to happen. He's giving them the, the plan, the lowdown here. He's saying, behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of their feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall cut off from the flowing and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. He's saying, these guys are going to carry the ark. And as soon as they put their foot in the water, it's going to spread open. And there's going to be dry land. And you guys are going to go to what God has promised you. And immediately this takes us back to like Moses and the Red Sea. Well, it does, it does for me. It's like this is the second time God like moved water for his people. And I think about, well, I think about the Prince of Egypt, and I think about the scene when they're going through the Red Sea, and there's all these, like, whales and fish, and it's just, like, crazy, and they're walking by slowly. And how crazy would that have been to see the water be standing up so tall? And I think we hear this story in Sunday school. We read about it, but can you imagine what that would have looked like? The priests had to step into the water, though. Did you catch that? Like, they had to step into the water in faith and say, okay, we're we're going to hold this, this box, and God's going to do something great. They had to have that faith to step into the water. And I think some of us here, just like Peter, just like the priest, just like me, we are afraid to step in. We're afraid to get our feet wet. We're afraid that it's not going to work, just like what we talked about last week. We're afraid that it's not going to work. We're, gonna, we're afraid nothing's going to happen. And that's not from God. God says that with man things are impossible. With him all things are possible. That's what God says. That's what his word says. And that we don't have to have a spirit of fear. That's what God says. But our humanly flesh, I'm just like this. I'm so nervous that God's not going to show up. Chip, my heart's, my heart's that little unfaith that my heart's getting harder. It's not trusting him. And then verses 14 through 17, I'm not going to read it, but it just talks about how they went through the water, and it talks about how the water of the Jordan was, like, overflowing at this time because it was a time of harvest. And then down on verse 17, it says, Now the priests bearing the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all nations finished passing over the Jordan. And when you read this passage, again, when we read the Bible, sometimes it's easy to miss the little things. It is for me. It takes me multiple times. So, um, But it says here, it says that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, they stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. So we have this water that's much bigger at this time because it's the time of harvest, so it's the season, and it's standing up tall. And they're standing here. And immediately my brain just thinks like this. I'm like... I wonder how long they were standing there. Because when I see the Prince of Egypt, they're just five minutes. Everybody's across the water. 
But then I was like, well, how many people were, were there? Like, how many people were there, actually? And, and I was doing some research, and it would have been like 3 million plus walking across. That's not five minutes. Some scholars look at that, and they've done that, and they said that it's um, 29 days they could, had to be standing there. Almost, you know, 29 days. We don't know for sure, but that's what they were thinking, like, to get that many people, cattle, children. I mean, if you have kids, you know, it takes them a long time to get it together. But 29 days, they're standing there holding this box, just watching this water rage, and people are just going through on this dry land. And then I was like, well, how tall was the water? Because <laughs> I'm weird. Anyways, and so I was, found this thing that said, crossing the Jordan was a much bigger miracle than we think. As the river was flood stage, so it was higher than it should have been, overflowing its banks, as mentioned, the body of water would have accumulated, would have been 20 miles long, 2 miles wide, or about 120 feet high. This is a massive body of water, and then 3 million people crossing by, about 2 miles, they said, like, cross. I hiked yesterday for 3 miles, I almost died. I'm not lying. Don't let those pictures fool you. That was pre-hike. They weren't as pretty after. So I can't imagine this water. I'm like, ooh, that'd be scary. Um, but here's these people stepping out in faith, believing God has a promise for them, knowing there's something better on the other side. Um, when you look at this picture of crossing into the promised land, I think that a lot of us choose to live in the wilderness in defeat and disobedience. When just across the river, is freedom and victory and obedience. But we choose to live in the wilderness sometimes. Again, the story just reminds me of the Red Sea where God has just shown himself faithful over and over and over again. And that in the Old Testament, that's literally the story of God. It's God's redeeming story from Genesis 1 till, I can't even remember what the last book is right now, but till the end of that one. It's God's redeeming story showing his redemptive story weaved in and out of people's lives throughout the Old Testament. A miracle happened that day for those people. They stepped out in faith. They waited on God. God moved, and they stood their ground until everyone was safe. They waited on God. God moved. They stood their ground until everyone was safe. I'm not as brave as that. I tend to be like, okay, it's been five minutes. Let's go. Come on. Chop, chop. We don't want to wait on God because we're too busy. We have too much to do. We don't want to set time apart for God. We have too much to do. This is me talking to myself. Um, I don't want to spend time with God. I have so, I'm so busy, which I am busy, but I have time to spend to God, for God. We need to make time for God. We need to be able to set time apart for him, for him to move. Because can I just tell you something? That living Sunday to Sunday to Sunday isn't going to cut it. God's not looking for a Sunday to Sunday to Sunday people. Acts talks about a church that literally daily met together, daily ate together. And you know what? They did great, amazing things. God moved. We want to see miracles. We want to see things happen. But we only want to give him an hour and a half on Sunday. How is he going to? I mean, he's God. He can do whatever he wants. But I'm just thinking in my brain like, we're just trying to get by through the week. For me, sometimes Sunday is just like, okay, I'm going, I'm there. I'm just trying to get by. Sometimes that's all we have to give, and there's times in life, and that's okay 
to be in that time for a season. But God's not looking for Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. I don't believe that. Because the Bible, the God that I read in the Bible, he wants his people to be walking by streets and the shadows healing people. That's the God that I want to see. That's the God that I read about, is that even the shadows of people were healing other people. That's what God, that's God. He spoke the world into existence. He just breathed breath into man. That's the God that I serve. He's mighty and he's big and we put him in this box and we think that he's not going to do anything because we're too scared to step out. We're too hard to step out. We've been hurt too many times to give people another chance. That's where I'm at sometimes. I've been hurt a lot by a lot of people, people that I called friends, people that I called family over and over again. And it shuts me off. I don't like that. If I have this weird trust thing is like once, all right, twice, never again. Now, we don't be ignorant. The Bible says not to cast your pearl before swine, but we need to live open-heartedly, with open hearts. We need to live open-handedly. People will take advantage of us. People will do those things, but we can't shut it off. Did Jesus shut it off? No, he didn't. And for us to be Christians, which is little Christs, imitators of Christ, we need to live the way Christ has called us to live, which is open-heartedly, open-handedly, and that looks vulnerable, that looks like getting hurt, that looks like giving people grace, giving people second chances. That's what that looks like. It's not fun, but God does great things through it, and I've seen great things done through it. I found this quote that I want to read to you guys. Um, it was regarding the priests and stuff. It says, on that day, there was a partnership between God and man. God asked Joshua and the priests to step in, to stand firm, to hold their ground. And God held back the waters as they remained steadfast. And just, just that steadfastness really resonates in my heart because I give up e way too easy. I pull back way too fast, way too easy. I don't like to give that grace that we're called to give. But I think about the priest and I think about what if they said I was too busy? I was talking with our great pastor and I was telling him, he's like, you help out kids a lot, which kids church needs a lot of help. I said, yeah, I know. I like serving there. He's like, no, you like to be busy downstairs. Whatever. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> um, but it's true. It's true. I love working in kids. I love, I love serving in kids. But it's because for, so, for the last month, I've just not wanted to, that's just easy. It's just easy to go there because it's easy to love on babies and to teach little kids, and it's easy to hear their laughters and teach them about Jesus and see the joy in their lives. But sometimes it's hard to deal with people when you're not at your best. You know what I mean? So that's easy. So maybe what if the priests were too busy? Like, sorry, I can't stand in the water today because I'm too busy. Or their hearts were too hard. Sorry, I just don't think it's going to happen for me. Or they were tired and didn't want to stand there for over, you know, 29 days. Stand there. Or the chaos around them was so scary that they just couldn't stand there. And here's the thing, is that when I was going through all this stuff, you know, God calls us to be a community of people, and I have people in my community. But if we don't tell them what we're going through, they can't help us get across the river. They can't help us see what we need to be doing. 
Sometimes Jesus, is used, Jesus uses our friends and family members or people in our lives that we trust to be his hands and be like, come on, let's go. Walk. They'll walk beside you. We need people. That's why we talk about this church, a fellowship church, we're water buffaloes, we're a community. We need people. And, but it doesn't work if you aren't honest and authentic yourself. So I'm sorry. All right. All right. Um, so I, I get all this stuff is scary. I get all this is crazy. And like I said earlier, I don't trust people very easily. I don't like to put myself out there. Not for people. And if I'm really being honest, if we're really being honest, we don't like to do it with God either. What if God asked me to pray for somebody? What if God tells me I need to do this? Or what if God calls me to this? Or what if God, so it's just easier not to ask God or like pray those prayers that are harder, you know? We don't want to ask God because what if he answers us? If I, we're being real with ourselves, I mean, I've had that conversation lots of times. I can't trust people. Sometimes I can't trust, sometimes I can't trust people. Sometimes I can't trust God. So my walls are my security. That's what I think. I mean, it's a false sense of security, but that's what I think. That's comfortable to me. But God's not calling us to be, have walls around our heart. He's not calling us to be hard-hearted. He's not calling us to be faithless. He's calling us to be faithful, to be open, to be vulnerable, to stop running, stop being scared, to step in the water, to reach out and grab his hand if we need to. And as I was preparing this, God really put this on my heart of stop allowing Ladina, he's telling me this. Stop allowing your past to dictate your future. We all have a past, right? We all have a story. We all have things that we don't like. But God said that that's not who you are. The Bible says that we're a new creation in him. If we've asked Jesus in our heart, if we're Christians, if we're following him, then we're a new creature. All things are made new. He makes all things new. It doesn't matter what you've done because that's not who you are. And like I said earlier, I'm longing for that day where we see miracles happen and we see crazy things happen. Like last week, it was an amazing service. God did amazing things. People came expecting God to do something. They came open-hearted. They were ready for their miracles. I want that to be the normal. Just like what um, was Ryan was leading us in worship, just giving space to God and stop putting him in this box and stop trying to make God work in our own agendas. He's God. He gave you life. He gave you breath. We need to start honoring him and remembering who he is. And we're going to um, close up here. But I want to reread a couple things while we, the worship team gets ready. Um, a couple things I want to talk about real quick. Going back to Peter and how Jesus was walking and they thought he was a ghost. Um, just that he was immediately there. Jesus is there. When Peter was sinking, Jesus was there. When the priests were stepping out into the water, Jesus was there. God was there. What do we need to do today? What step of faith do we need to take today? What do, what do we need to do today? Because Jesus is there. His hand is there waiting for you to grab it if you're sinking, waiting for you to break down those walls, waiting for you to walk through those hard times, waiting for you to just 
be open with yourself, with God, with whatever. Be receptive. Because I know how I lived the last month of just in this emotional roller coaster. It was not fun for anybody that was around me probably, which I really am sorry about. But, but most, I was just thinking about how awful it was for, to be there. Because you feel stuck. You don't feel like you can move. You don't feel like you can go forward. You don't feel like you can go backwards. You just literally feel like you're sinking. But Jesus is here today, and he's saying, grab my hand. I'm right here. Grab my hand. And so I don't know if anybody needed to hear that today, but I needed to hear that today, that Jesus is there waiting for us. He wants us to do greater things, just like we learned about last week. He wants us to stop holding on to fear and start living in faith. And that's something that's hard for me, too, is just having that faith of, like, he's not going to let me fall. We might fall, but he's not going to be, like, pushing us. And I think about Peter when he was sinking. God wasn't, like, holding his hand, his head under the water, be like, do you like that? No. He was like, I'm here. Grab it. Get out. Get out. But tonight, or today as we close, I just want everybody to kind of close their eyes. Um, we do that just so we, can, so we can get focused in. Because I do believe that there's some people here tonight that need to hear that you're not stuck. Maybe your heart is hard as a rock. I'm telling you, mine was like the hardest metal. I can't think of what it is right now, but really hard. Captain America's shield, whatever that's made out of, I can't remember. Vibranium, thank you. Literally, that was my heart. I'm not even exaggerating. But just when God, when God started revealing that to me, that like your heart is hard, Ladina, you've been burying and pushing things down so much that you don't even, you've lost who I've created you to be. And when I said those words out loud, when I let him kind of in, I was telling Ryan, I was like, I feel so much lighter. Like I could breathe. I didn't know that I was short of breath. I didn't know that I was drowning. I didn't realize that was what was going on. But God wanted to wake me up and be like, this is what's happening. You're not having your miracles. You're not seeing your miracles. You're not being able to walk into what I called you because you're holding on to things that aren't even real. So God, today as we close, Lord, I just wanna, we just want to invite you here again, God. We know your presence is here. But God, if there's people here today that are struggling, that are going through hard things, God, that are just afraid to get out of the boat, God, because they see the wind, they see the storm, they see the chaos. God, will you calm the sea for them? Will you show them that you're right there with them? They don't have to wait. God, you're immediately, you're there. God, I pray for those that maybe their hearts are just like stone or vibranium. God, it's so hard that they have had to live and fight their whole life because no one else had their back. They had to do it themselves. God, will you bust open their heart today? God, will you just show them what it feels like to live a life of openness and just having that released, God? There's people in this room that are drowning today. And they can't get their head above water. They're just trying to stay afloat, but it's bobbing up and down. 
God, will you show them you're standing right there? Like I can picture you just standing right there with your arms out, just saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Don't take your eyes off of me. Don't look at what's going on in the world. Don't look at what's going on over here or over there. Just look at me. God, will you break down the walls that we've built around our hearts to protect ourselves? God, we don't need to protect ourselves from you. That's dumb, God. I know that's dumb. Break down my walls, God. Help us to stop fighting what you've called us to do. God, I pray for those that may be feeling like they can't do what you've called them to do because of who they were. But God, just as you put that on my heart, is that your our past does not dictate our future, does not disqualify us from your calling. God, you want to soften our hearts, Lord, so we can do greater things, so we can see you move in this town, in this city, in this state, in this country. The world is broken, and it needs your people to be able to be the light and the salt. But we can't be the light and the salt if we're so so hard and so closed off to everything because we're so scared to do the things you've called us to do. God, we just thank you for today, Lord. And as we just end this time in with your word, God, I pray that you will just um, change us, that these won't just be words that we sing or Sunday to Sunday, God, but we will be the people that be like, oh my gosh, these are your people. They are called, they are qualified. They are your people. We just thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.